Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington here for the latest Courageous Conversation and I've been really looking forward to speaking to Gillian McGrath. Hi Gillian, thanks so much for being Hi, here. Hi Leanne. Hi, um, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. So for those of you that might not know you or anything about your career, can you give me a little bit of a snapshot? Absolutely. Rewind backwards, 24 years, change of career, fourth career decided to go into real estate to try and make a difference. I'd had a really bad experience as a vendor and as a purchaser. And I thought, you know, someone has to be able to do this better. This is about people, people's lives, their welfare, their whole being, and you're being treated like an object. It's horrible. So um, I made a decision at 52 to go into property. And it was a big, a big change. My husband said, most people are thinking about their retirement and they're super and you're thinking about changing careers again. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to make a difference. And that was my whole, um, I guess, my mantra, making a difference on the northern beaches. And I'll bet there were a few people, a few of your competitors at the time that sort of might have scoffed a little bit at that idea. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there was, uh, and they still are on the Northern Beach, top really? of the Northern Beaches in New South Wales. How can they possibly be scoffing at you now? <laughs> well, I guess people, you know, people feel threatened if they're not confident with what they're doing in life yeah. generally. Yeah. And certainly in real estate, it's no. And it's, and predominantly, may I say, uh, up in this area, it was predominantly men uh, in the field. So yeah. for a woman at 52, to come into their territory. That was like, you know. It would have been hilarious. Your little dog sniffing around the poles on the territory. Totally. And so what what did you do before? You say this is your... I've had four careers, but um, before that was event management. I had an event management organisational company. So, and I just actually felt that a lot of those um, skills you could transfer into real estate because it was about people. It was about pitching for business. It was about doing the right thing. And it was about building a brand um, and and becoming something that people would have in the front of their mind all the time. So I wanted people to think, when they thought real estate, I wanted them to think Jalene McGrath. And so how how did you go about making that happen at 52 with no (laughs) real estate experience? And, yeah, I don't even know. I just loved property. I was really passionate about property. And, but how did I make it happen? I guess by being absolutely honest and transparent. I put an ad in the Manly Daily. People weren't doing ads in those days at all, like personal ads. So I put this quarter page ad in there and I said, you know, I'm basically new to the business, love property, want to make a difference. If you want to put your property on the market or you're thinking of selling, I'd really welcome a chat. And this lady called me. And from Balgala, I've never forgotten that property. And she called me and I went down to see her and she said, I love your smile and I love your energy. <laughs> it's like, Thank oh, you we're going to chat about everything bar property. And that yeah. was my first listing. And so because I started McGrath on the Northern Beaches, it wasn't a McGrath office. So I was going from Balgala to Palm Beach, Balgala to Palm Beach. I needed wow. a helicopter yeah. by the time I sort of became established within that 12 months. Wow, that's such a great story. And I know you're very big into vision boarding, right? It's something that you do and believe in. Yes. Can you talk me through it? Because I've, I've talked to a lot of people who are also very passionate about, about the benefits of it. But yeah. Can you talk me through 
how you get the clarity as to what you put on your vision board and how the whole process works. I think, look, I've always done it um, right through each of my careers. And I think because I'm such a visual person and very spatial, I have to be able to see things. Um, you can think about something. Everyone can think about what they'd like to do and what their goals are and where they want to go for holiday, whatever. But it stays inside your head and together with all the other clutter that goes on day in, day out. So I originally went, okay, look, stick a board on the wall. And I used to cut out the pictures out of the Women's Weekly or whatever <laughs> it was at the time and stick them on with a thumbtack in those days. I didn't have blue tack, so thumbtack. And I'd just put pictures there. And I thought, that looks like a nice place to go. There's a nice pair of shoes, whatever it was. And so when I went into real estate, I realised from day one that this business was so much about people, not about the property, it's about yeah. people. And that they would suck your energy. I mean, they, and they do. And so I had to have something that I could go to and look at daily that restored in me that what I was doing had a reward at the end of the day that I could choose to get to that level. And so I put up a few things that were very meaningful and I thought relatively easy, not easy, but but. I could get to them with a lot of energy and effort and, and a couple that weren't, a couple that was sort of like that long stretch, yeah, that, right. that third jump, that reach. And in that first 12 months, I reached every one of them. And I cannot tell you how ecstatic it really was because it was quite some amazing things that I did in that first 12 months and then went on to do it every year. And, and I still do it. I still look at something and go, this is, this is where I want to be. And now fast forward to 74 and four grandchildren. I'm still doing the same thing. <laughs> I guess it's, it's have it for me. It's but you can, see, you can actually see it and you can touch it and you can think about it. You can stop for a moment and go to envision what if you're having a really shitty day and go, you know, I do want to get to that beautiful hotel in Spain or whatever it is. And, or I do yeah. want to plant that huge magnolia. Oh, it doesn't matter what it is, but you can see it. Yeah. Interesting. Also interesting that 24 years ago, I mean, we talk about the fact that people can get a good start in the business, in the real estate business now quite quickly because of technology and being able to do research that took a long time to do back in the old days. Yes. But you're saying within 12 months, you were really achieving some great goals back 24 years ago. So that kind of puts paid to that concept of it's all about the technology. It's not. It's all about the focus of the individual, it's right? It's still about people. It's still, Leanne, I cannot emphasise that enough to the younger people starting today or people midway through their career. We have all the technology in the world, every single bit that you want, but it does not replace sitting in front of someone, looking them in the eye and having a conversation or picking up that phone every day. It, it is vital to this business because I repeat it again, property is about people. And if you lose sight of that from day one and you go to that appraisal, look at the house, think about the dollars you're going to earn, look at the whatever it is, I think it's the wrong way. And people that are genuinely successful in this business and continue to have a longevity have built those clients for life, have built those relationships. I had an ex-vendor call me from 18 years ago last week and said, do you remember me? And I remembered the property and I remembered her very well. And she said, I'm selling in such and such. Would you please come and sell my property? And I'm almost retired and I'm dabbling. That's what I love I'm doing. that. Almost retired. So you're just <laughs> almost. What's your husband got to say about that? Almost retired. <laughs> well, my darling husband passed away two oh, years ago on I'm so Saturday. Sorry. 
but I can tell you what he would say. He would say, you will never, ever retire from this business, ever, because it's something that you don't, quote, have to retire from. It's got no age limit. It's not as if I'm running a triathlon. It's, it's a relationship building. And so you've got all these beautiful people out there that remember you and stop and have a chat in the street and go, I'm thinking of selling or can you find me this? So it never, I don't think I'll ever retire because you've got those relationships. Well, you don't need to, do you? It's one, no. of, it's one of the beautiful things about this business is that you, if you do genuinely have the relationships that you obviously have, yeah. um, you can pick and choose the business that you want to do and you can Absolutely. pick and choose the people you want to work with, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is a nice place to be. Yeah, I just did a very quick funny story. I just got a call a couple of weeks ago and I've listed the property and I did the first open on Saturday and it's a, a small two-bedroom apartment on the water at Narrabeen in the Northern Beaches and there's another agent selling one in the block and that agent happened to be in one of my classes at TAFE because for 10 years I did the introduction to the agents course at TAFE and would give a motivational presentation. <laughs> and so when he found out I was selling that property, he went, oh, my God. <laughs> He's a young guy. He's got my lecturer across the hall. It was a classic. It was like you called me young. <laughs> and so tell me about the TAFE. Why go and, um, you know, obviously a very successful agent, why go and spend time teaching at TAFE? Oh, because my, again, one of my mantras at the beginning was if people are giving me the opportunity to put their property on the market, which is usually their biggest investment or only investment in, in a lot of ways, yeah. Yeah. and entrust that to me, then I have to be able to give back to my community. I have to be able to say thank you somehow. Um, and I was taught please and thank you, those two magic words in life. My father, I can hear him saying it, please and thank you will get you a long way. So I was approached by one of the lecturers um, at TAFE um, from my profile and she said, this is what we do here, but we need someone to stand up there that first um, intake and speak to these people would you be interested in coming along and having a look at it? And I said, absolutely. So 10 years later, I got this award from TAFE because I'd go there um, three times a year and, and I loved it. But I did yeah. a lot of, and I still do, a lot of charity work and foundation work and giving back and Cambodia and Nepal and the Outstanding School Spirit Award here on the Northern Beaches. Yeah. So I just felt it was part of part of being in real estate. You can't expect people to just, on a, you know, on a silver platter, they turn around and give you this amazing opportunity to sell a property and you don't say thank you. Well, sending them a hand is one thing, but to the community? <laughs> yeah, and it's so true. And real estate is an industry. I get frustrated that the people that we idolise are the people that stand up on stage and wear their shiny shoes and no socks and tell us how much money they're making. And it's just, it's all, it's just all wrong as it's, far as well, You know, I spoke in... Um, at ARIC in 2003, yep. and I can remember it vividly because John McGrath said to me as I walked onto the stage, just be you, and I really couldn't be anything but that. And what I'd done for my session was for six months before I spoke, I had one of my camera crew follow me everywhere, absolutely everywhere, and I was trained. I was the in the audience. Well, were you? Absolutely. <laughs> you remember the boxing? It was my favourite part of training. And I can remember that so well. And when I think back on it now, all those years, if I was to be asked to speak at ARIC again, that's exactly what I'd do because it hasn't changed. That relationship between your vendor, your purchaser, this little apartment I'm selling, um, 
the open was on Saturday. I've done all the callbacks, issued nine contracts and stayed in touch with each one of these purchases right now. And one of the guys, Tom, called me this morning and he said, I can't believe you emailed me again last night with an update, letting me know how many contracts are issued and where we're up to with the guide. He said, that's incredible service. And I said, Tom, it's not incredible service. It's what we're meant to do. Yeah. It's what we're meant to do. It's the minimum you should expect, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. And I just don't know how you get the message out to the wider community of agents about how you real and to get them to do it. That's the frustrating thing for me is that yeah. you talk to all these salespeople, they know, you know, real estate is not rocket science. And I keep saying to people, particularly through through COVID, People never really want to talk to a relation uh, to a real estate agent unless yes. you've got a relationship with them or you've got yes. some interesting information that's interesting to them. And at the moment, lots of people want to want to know what's going on with property in their area. Yeah. So yep. pick up the phone and have a chat with them about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think when you say, um, how do you get the broader audience? Mm-hmm. Um, I, my belief is that sadly you don't. You yeah. will. Um, every I've spoken at so many conferences and I've spoken in New Zealand and God knows where else to many, many audiences. I did a lot of speaking. And I think what, what's interesting is that if you've got, there's a hundred people in that room, if you touch maybe four or five, you'll be lucky. Um, I've mentored so many people and you had Kathy Baker on your program just recently. Yes. And I've mentored Kathy for nearly 10 years and I know I can add up the people that I was mentoring at the same time that Kathy started. Yep. And if you ask me where they were, they're maybe selling in Sports Girl or they're still selling, but they're not, they're selling the same amount that they were selling 10 years ago. So the big difference is, as in Kathy Baker, is that to get that information out there, that person has to apply themselves and they have to continuously do it. You can't just do it for five minutes and stop and go, well, that worked, great, you know, I'll hang on to that. Because you can't. You're only as good as that last sale. Yeah. And that person remembers every single thing you did. So that agent that goes, okay, she said create a vision board. I said to Kathy, day one, create a vision board. Yeah. She's always had her vision boards. And she's had some amazing things on those vision boards, including Richard Branson. I know, that's such a phenomenal She's an extraordinary agent. Yeah, she is. And she's an extraordinary human being because she will apply herself till she sees that result, no matter how hard it is. Um, So I think I'd love to be able to say that all the people I've spoken to, it's not going to happen. And when I used to do the TAFE intake lectures, I'd look at the classroom, 30 new students, and I'd go, "Mm, maybe the one in the left-hand corner, second back row. And then I'd go, the rest are not going to get there. I know. My dad used to be a TAFE teacher. After he retired from real estate, he used to teach TAFE and I would go and be a guest speaker. And I vividly remember thinking exactly the same thing. And there was this one girl who was just awesome, a young girl. And I I just walked up in the middle of my presentation. I said, here's my business card. You are going to do well. (laughs) Call me. And I got her a job with one of our officers and she, yeah, she was awesome. But you're right. You've got to have a bit of a spark. Oh, absolutely. You've got to have a passion for it. It's got to yeah. be burning there. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And so, again, the, the mentoring, I was going to ask you about that because obviously, um, yep. yeah, Kathy has done an amazing job and credits much of that to your mentorship. Thank you. Why? Why do you do that? 
Well, when I first started and um, <laughs> and went, well, who do I speak to? Who other than you know the, the management at McGrath, but they were management, and I went, who do I speak to? Who do I who do I um, admire or who do I think, wow, that person's been very successful. Yep. Um, we had the lead agent McGrath at the time and I've never forgotten him, James Stack. And he said to me when I knocked I on James, I called yep. him and I said, can I please come and speak to you? He said, I'll give you five minutes. I can remember. Oh, very kind of you. Well. Thank you. Yeah. I can remember very well. And I remember saying to him, why are you where you are? Is there a formula? And yep. he said, because I love what I do and I'm passionate about it, what I do. And I just want to be there. I've never forgotten those words. And to have a mentor, I think, I think in life to have any mentor is amazing. It doesn't matter what you do. I think it's extraordinary to be able to talk to someone and tap into someone that's not necessarily even been there on that same journey, but has, maybe it's a parallel journey, but has got the energy that you want to instill, mm. that you want to have that infusion. I, I think it's absolutely imperative. And therefore, in probably 2003, after, oh, after Eric, um, I got approached by so many people, can you please talk to yeah. whatever. And I, so I started up a little group of people then, and then um, various people came and asked me would I do some mentoring with them. And Kathy was one of them. I was living in the mountains. I took a two-year sabbatical because I wanted a break and I wanted to take my husband up to the mountains for two years, and we did. And I worked from the mountains, by the way. Um, yeah. And But but um, I put on a little um, ideas exchange for women in real estate. It was so fascinating. And I had 25 people from a Sunday to a Monday. We had spas and went for walks and had all these one and did all these sessions. And Kathy came to that yeah. um, session. Yeah. And I had previously done Hot Topics with Lee and I think she'd heard some of those Hot Topics. And I still have people, you know, contact me about Hot Topics from 20-something years. Isn't that phenomenal? Because a lot of the, you know, a lot of what you did 20 years ago to be successful is still what you do today, Absolutely. right? It, it, it just no hasn't different. changed. Yeah. No different. And so I find it fascinating that, you know, James gave you five minutes, <laughs> kind of him, but you you obviously spend a lot of time and energy mentoring and just talking to other people. How do you find yep. the time to do all of that? I make the time. I don't think I don't think people find any time. I think you've got we've all got the same twenty four hours in the day. It's what you do with that time. It's how productive you are with that time. And you can sit and look at one hour and go, well, what did I do in that hour that that I achieved? Did I say? And I still do my to do lists every day of the week. I still have them. Um, and. I have to, I, my, t- my to-do list is so long that I have to put a little post-it note on my computer <laughs> of the things that on my to-do list that absolutely have to get done today. The short list of the to-do list. The short list of the long to-do list, yeah. But do you know what's really funny, which I love doing, and um, on my to-do list, I, if I've done something that wasn't on my to-do list, I'll yeah. write it on my to-do list and then cross Make it out. cross it off, yeah. yeah. That's another one. <laughs> yeah, it's you just that time. Yeah. In life, you make the time for the things that you want to do. And if you don't do them, what you have to understand is the time goes and you never, ever get it back, ever. Yeah. So it's it's really about living in the moment. Yeah. Life has got a link. 
Yeah, I found, um, I used to be a shopping centre manager a long yeah. time ago and the general manager of the hotel, when yeah. I had to write a business plan, I'd never written a business plan before and I had to write this business plan. I was working for a, a multinational real estate business and the hotel general manager took pity on me and said, oh, look, I'll come in, I can't, I can't do it until after six, but if you're prepared to work from six until, you know, whatever. And so that's what we did a number of nights in a row to get my business plan done. And I'll never forget that because he was prepared to help me. He had no reason to help me, but he was prepared to help me while I was on my way up and I try and make the time to help other people that are sort of on their way up the ladder as well because it's so important. But it's just not just not the people who are up the ladder. Like go back to that little apartment I talked about. Yeah. When I spoke to um, three of the buyers yesterday, yeah. Um, sorry, what am I saying? On Sunday, they said, "But it is Sunday, and you're calling me." And they said, "Doesn't make any difference. You need an answer." Yeah. They were blown away. So making that difference to that person's life by yeah. one simple phone call to answer what they needed to know. And one of them was desperately looking for finance. So I put them in touch with the broker and they just said, oh, now we can basically go to the next step without not having to agonise till the beginning of the week. How hard is that? Yeah, I know. I think often because it's what we're doing every single day of the week and we're dealing with, you know, what we sometimes find as annoying questions and, you know, it all gets a bit hard, we forget that this yep. is the first time or the first time in 10 or 15 years that people are doing these transactions and so it's so important to them and so memorable, those little things that you do. Absolutely. Mm. I give, um, I did give, I should say, lemon trees and gardenias to people when they settle, depending on where they were living. And I have a vendor that called, well, was a purchaser, so now a vendor, that calls me every year and shows me her lemon tree and says, look at this, and it's the most amazing lemon tree. So it's now about 18 years old, but it's extraordinary. And she calls me and says, look at the lemon she gave me. And her twin boys are now 18 because she had twin boys at the time that I gave her the lemon tree. Great memories. Gorgeous. I love them. I'm so happy when I think about that. I bet. (laughs) Um, And so you mentioned Cambodia and Nepal, I think, earlier. What do you do in those parts of the world? Well, we created a foundation called Can Help, C-A-N-H-E-L-P, and I was approached um, by the other founders at that time as well to look at raising money for these two villages to create, I guess, better life for these kids that had to go miles to school on foot, didn't have fresh drinking water, lived in lived their normal life in a little hut, six people in a hut. No, so so we looked at it and we created a, a base where people could um, sponsor children to go to school. One of my children that I sponsor is now um, one of the few um, just about to go into a university. She's beside herself with excitement. So we did that. We sponsored the children and we did a wells program, which was very successful. Mm -hmm. We built wells, Mm -hmm. raised the money for them, built wells, and then above the well, the people that would sponsor them, we did these lovely plaques so that, you know, Abby and Marty, whoever they are, are up there saying, you know, with love from Sydney, 
and we so we did the wells program then we did a bicycle program that made a huge difference for some of the children that had to travel many hours to get to school by foot yes um, i've heard and for, particularly for girls in some of those places it's mm -hmm. really dangerous for them to be walking and so if they're on a bike yeah. they can they can get away if they like the bike to. program was overwhelming because yeah. there was oh my god we can get on a bike so again, um, we went out to the community to raise money for that and it still exists and it's still going and the children are still being sponsored. It was just one of the things, again, that I felt because I'd created the Outstanding School Spirit Award here with the Northern Beaches Schools and that was just a little award for kids to help one another. It had nothing to do with being good at science or music mm. or sport, but it did have a lot to do with humanity. It had, you know, respect your, your peer and help and love. And so I used to give a little award out each month to each child that the teachers nominated. Then I'd go to all the schools. There were seven schools, 7,000 children involved in this program. And I used to give a perpetual award to the school. Yeah. And so I took that program and put that likewise into Nepal and Cambodia, into these two villages. And we did in the little schools, a couple of which we built, the Outstanding School Spirit Award there too. So it went on for years and years and years. And some of those children on the beaches are, you know, in university now that yeah. <laughs> won the Outstanding School Spirit Award. I don't say this often or lightly, but you are absolutely extraordinary. And, oh, yeah. uh, you really are. You really Thank are. You. I mean, Thank you can you. see everything that you do is is about making life better for other people. It is. Um, whether it's your vendors or your buyers or the kids in school. And that is just, you know, that's a gift for all of us. But, but I think, you know, if you think about the moment, like I live in an apartment complex and I'm on the, um, the new executive committee. We've just had an AGM. I was on it originally when I built, oh, not built, sorry, bought this property and it was bought off the plan. My neighbour upstairs, her husband's become the chairman of the, of the EC. And we're very friendly. There's only 12 in the block and we're all quite friendly. But Ginny and Phil are upstairs and um, they're gorgeous people and he's just become the chairman and he just appointed me his social, no, social and press secretary. Very funny. <laughs> so when, I, when, when we knew that he was the um, chairman and he therefore became like the president of the building, that made Ginny the first lady. So... I just ordered flowers. I'm really passionate about flowers. I don't know if you can see them. In I can background, see the beautiful flowers. And I can, I can flowers. see that you are very coordinated in your Thank clothing you. and your beautiful apartment. Thank you. <laughs> Unlike but me. I, um, I would give people all the time, and still do, send flowers to everybody because I, I love them so much and I hope that it, it transfers the love. So I sent Ginny, ordered them. Um, she loves pink, so they're all pink flowers. And I sent them to her saying... Um, Welcome to the building, First Lady of Infinity. <laughs> did I have to do it? No. Um, why did I do it? Because I knew that it would give her enjoyment and laugh. And I think laughter, love and enjoyment are three great ingredients for life. Uh, I could not agree more. And I think that is probably an excellent place for us to finish our chat today. It has yes. been so beautiful to speak to you. Thank um, you, Leanne. I'm really grateful for you taking the time. It's been lovely. Thank you. You enjoy your day. Oh, I will. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.